0: Thunder Mother is an all-female band out of Sweden that absolutely kicks ass. If you're into straight-up, in-your-face rock and roll with an ACDC vibe, then make sure you pick up the latest album, Heatwave, which will be released on July 31st. Today, I talk with lead singer Gernika Mancini about her career and the latest Thunder Mother album. Now crank that shit up. We don't- I can't remember at this point how Thunder Mother came to me, but once I heard them, it wasn't hard for anyone who knew me to understand why this band hits my bang zone for rock and roll. They are what I refer to as a meat and potatoes hard rock band. Like ACDC, they have those heavy bluesy riff guitars and a thick backbeat with a great groove and then throw in a bluesy awesome singer like Guernica over the top and I am totally digging it. You tell me how a band survives losing all its members, but a guitar player, and puts together a band that's every bit as strong, if not even stronger, and then, on top of it all, puts out an album that's awesome in the process. That's exactly what happened to Thunder Mother when, in 2017, the entire band left except for a guitar player and the principal songwriter of the band. They released a self titled record in 2018 that made my top 10 for that year. And now in 2020, they're releasing a brand new record called Heatwave. I encourage anyone who digs meat and potatoes rock and roll to go out and pick up some Thunder Mother. Now, let's get to my conversation with Guernica Mancini from Thunder Mother. Take it away, Guernica.
1: Hi, guys. This is Guernica Mancini, singer in the band Thunder Mother, and you're listening to Growing Up Rock Podcast with Stephen Michael. Make sure to crank it up.
0: Welcome to the Grown Up Rock Podcast from Thunder Mother, Guernica Mancini. So, Guernica, you're a podcaster. Tell me about the Glamorous Life Podcast.
1: Oh, you, <laughs> yes. I did have a podcast with a drummer in the band, Emily, last year. It was uh, really fun doing the podcast, and it was all about uh, our tour life, like everything around... You know, touring, creating the the last album, and just being a part of a Thunder Mother, Like, fun stories that happened while being on tour and stuff like that. Unfortunately, I mean, it, it isn't Swedish, so if you do find it, it's Swedish, so you won't understand. But it was, I'm hoping that eventually I can do something similar, but maybe in English. But it was just like a, an honest way, like, you know, we, we just talked and uh, shared our real stories about uh, tour life and that and therefore the name the glamorous life because i was it's obviously not very glamorous especially not at the level that we're at right now but it's uh, still so much fun and definitely uh fun to share the stories yeah yeah
0: i think that's something that i would enjoy of course like you said it's in swedish so you would have to do it in english for me but uh, I think it would be something fun to do. If nothing else, it's like a diary for you, a historic diary for you that you can go back to and listen to, you know, 20 years from now and, and listen and see like, here's where we were at this point in our career, you know?
1: Mm-hmm. No, for sure. For sure. And it, it, it's actually like, even if I, I haven't listened to it in a long time now, but it is just like a diary. It's interesting because some stories you you, I mean, you forget, I mean, We've been touring so much that, I mean, it's hard to remember everything, but w- when we did do that, I mean, yeah, it was a great way of remembering everything, like the details of the the different tours.
0: Yeah, that's right. Uh, so I want to get into the new Thunder Mother album, Heat Wave, but before I do that, I want to cover a few things about your career and the band. Mm-hmm. Let's talk about your influences, because you have a wide variety of influences. I know you're a fan of Prince. Did I see a Prince tattoo on your arm?
1: Yes, that is right. I do have uh, the symbol tattooed on my arm.
0: Right, and I know that you're a fan of like Erica Badu, but what about your world of rock and roll and your hard rock influences? What are those?
1: I mean, there's so many. I'm really like a mood-based listener. Like, I have periods where I listen a lot to '90s bands. Like, I mean, obviously, I've had a grunge face. Uh, I, I love Nirvana still. Uh, I love Alice in, Alice in Chains. What else? I mean, there's so many great bands. It's all over the place. Like, I have. If you look at my Spotify, you you'd think I'm probably like schizophrenic or something. <laughs> <laughs> I love all the classic bands like Led Zeppelin and I mean, Janis Joplin, huge influence. As of late, I've been listening a lot to country too. So it's, it's tough.
0: Yeah. So what, uh, what period of Prince do you prefer? Cause Prince was sort of all over the map with his style. Is there a particular period that you prefer to other periods?
1: I would say, I know Purple Rain, it's, it might not be, it's like an obvious choice, but that's how I found Prince. Sure. So that to me is my favorite. That that album is the one that made me fall in love with him and, and his music. So I, I, I really love that 80s electro music, which is not rocky at all. But when you do, when he did play it live, it was very rock and roll. And he was very rock and roll. You know, live, I would say.
0: Yeah, very much so. I mean, we're huge Prince fans here, even though primarily this is a hard rock and metal podcast, and our listeners are pretty much that. We find that a lot of our listeners like us. We like Prince a lot. In fact, we even did a full episode on our favorite Prince, uh, leaning towards more of the rock and roll side of Prince, I think, to celebrate one of his. Passings or something like that. Uh, yeah. Several, you know, a couple years ago, but it was a good episode and we, uh, we enjoyed covering him. So that's cool.
1: Yeah. Can I mention just one? Actually, like, I don't know why I keep forgetting this, but I mean, since we did the Kiss things, I've like really, I liked Kiss before, but now like I've become like a proper Kiss fan, I would say, you know?
0: Yeah. That's cool.
1: So if, if I'm thinking about like bands that are like before, you know, 70s 80s whatever that's also a band that's really right now it's like uh, it's become like an uh, a major influence at least for me and for me since experience that whole thing and being around all the the kiss army people and you know it's such a cool band
0: now, like uh, a lot of Kiss fans, is there as you've been listening to more and more Kiss, is there a particular period which you enjoy more than others? Is it some of the earlier stuff, or is it some of the '80s stuff?
1: I really like the the live album, the Alive. Yeah. You know, I mean, that's how they like it became it got huge. I love that, but I actually I really like the '80s stuff too because we were looking at we were looking into doing a cover for a Kiss cover, right. And then I was going through all the albums, and I I really enjoy the 80s stuff, too. So I I think I I just, I see, I find something really great with all the different faces of of the band, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. You knew you wanted to be in music at a pretty early age. You started a band when you were 14, right? An all-female band?
1: Yeah, that's correct, yes. I've been wanting to do music since I was a kid, like, you know. I I started singing earlier, I mean, as a child, I sang in like uh, church choirs and blah, blah, blah. But yeah, it's uh, it's I've known this for a very long time. It just took me a while to like, at least for me, I had to like be honest with myself once I graduated from high school and like, you know, it's okay that I want to focus on music. You know what I mean? Because I, I grew up in a in a in a university in a town that's like the university, and obviously you 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 should study and you know do like the academic thing. Right. Uh, so it just took me. I was always doing music on you know as a hobby, but once I graduated, I was kind of like no. I had to just be honest with myself and like yes, you don't want to do anything else but do music. So. That was a huge step, but uh, I did it. And uh, I think that, um, well, I know for sure that I've 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 chosen the right path for me, at least, because I'm very, very happy and satisfied with how everything has turned out.
0: Yeah, I mean, and you talk about taking big steps, and you're definitely a woman of action who kind of showed that even at an early age with the formation of the girl band when you were 14. But then in 2007, you moved out to LA and you attended MIT, correct?
1: Uh well M I, not MIT, Musicians Institute.
0: Yeah, we're not talking about the uh we're not talking about the other MIT. There is another MIT, but yeah, we're talking about the Musicians Institute. Uh so you attended the Musicians Institute in two thousand seven, moving out there to LA. Did you know at that point what kind of music you wanted to do?
1: No, not at all. I mean, I had just started to like get into rock more and more, uh-huh. you know? And also, like, even before I went to MI, I had, I've always had, like I have, like, a naturally raspy voice. And uh, with all the vocal teachers that I had in Sweden, they could never really figure it out. So they, like, send me to, like, voice training thingies, like, where you learn how to speak correctly on your vocal cords and stuff like that, because they thought there was something wrong with me. So when I did go to MI and I... And I started to, I mean, I actually started singing like Skid Row and stuff like that, like Dio. That's how I started figuring out that, whoa, I can actually do this, you know. This There's a genre for me and, and my type of vocals, you know. And I, And I got a teacher that was like specialized in rock vocals. And then I could really explore and and just uh grow and uh, evolve as a, as a singer and I, I when when i did start singing rock music I, it was kind of like i found myself and in my voice i know it sounds super that sounds a little dramatic but that's kind of how it was for me because it was like a aha uh-huh, you know experience to just be like wow i can do that i can scream like that i can do this and and the raspiness is actually like cool a, a cool effect that i could use And it makes it sound cool, you know? Yeah. So it was this great experience. Like, I would not be the singer I am today if I didn't go to MI.
0: And I think that adds character. I mean, for me personally, uh, just a fan of music, I always appreciate a little bit of rasp. I love the clean stuff. I love the high notes. It's all great. But that bluesy, slight rasp or those really nice moments when the vocals crack just a little bit to me that's character. so I really appreciate that in my particular love of music
1: and I, I mean I, I, I'm not saying this because I, I have that kind of voice myself but I, I really like that too. And that's why I think that like I don't sound like Janice I would at all I think but I think that I've been able through listening to her you know her vocals and her you know performance uh, style or whatever, like I've learned so much because it's so heartfelt and honest and that's what I really enjoy. Like it doesn't have to be perfect. And I mean, I, I am a little particular with the uh, pitch stuff because I think that if you don't generally have great pitch, maybe you shouldn't be singing. But if it is a little off somewhere for that extra feeling or, you know, that honest expression, then it's so worth it and it's so much better than a perfect, clean voice.
0: Yeah no doubt so here's an interesting fact about you you collaborated with staff producers at aftermath records now they're primarily a rap and hip hop label was that a genre that interested you did you what did you learn about songwriting in that time period
1: i would say that first i i love rap and hip hop <laughs> and i kind of wish i was a rapper myself <laughs> 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 and maybe one day I'll do a side thing and I'll find some ghost writers and whatever but no most of all that that was just a they were cool like it was a very cool experience to yeah to create but unfortunately it didn't end up anything more than just a cool experience and and it did give me a, a artist visa because I was signed to uh, Mauricio's uh, label there but um, I mean I think However much I like hip hop and other genres, my heart is in rock. So when I've been in rock bands, that's where I'm the most happy, you know?
0: Yeah, sure. Makes complete sense. So Thunder Mother is a Swedish band and you live in Sweden, but you ended up there by way of South America. Is that true?
1: Uh, Well, my parents are political refugees, so they they moved to Sweden in the 70s. So, I mean, I'm born and raised in Sweden.
0: Yeah cuz your name and your look they're not swedish to me anyway. <laughs> no,
1: I mean I'm obviously not Scandinavian at all, but uh I I mean I'm Scandi- I'm Swedish at heart. Sure. Uh, I grew up here and I I Sweden is the country that I miss when I'm away and yeah. Yeah. But uh yeah my roots are from Uruguay and Uruguay is kind of like the states. Everyone knows like their previous roots. You know what I mean? Like I have Italian roots. I have German roots. Sure. I'm like a super mix, but um, at least I'm first generation in Sweden of you know our family.
0: <laughs> yeah, sure. Uh, how do you end up in Thunder Mother?
1: Well, with my previous band, uh, I got to know Philippa, and we actually opened for her other band. It's called High Flyer. Uh, it's more like a blues band. My old band was more like a Led Zeppelin type uh, mm-hmm. blues rock band. And so we got to know each other and we had each other, you know, on social media. You keep in, you know, in uh, contact with people that you get to know uh, in the industry and we became friends. And then when I was having problems with my band, then I contacted Philippa for advice and just to ask her if she might know any musicians and yada yada and then uh exactly the same time she was actually going through things with Thunder Mother the old lineup and uh I jokingly asked I told her like if you ever need a singer I know I, I didn't think in a million years that Clara would uh, you know that the singer would quit the band I mean that doesn't happen so but I did tell Filippa jokingly like if this if you ever need a singer I'll be there tomorrow and then she was kind of like well, actually, uh, <laughs> would you be interested in auditioning? And I was like, Hell yeah! <laughs> and the rest is history.
0: <laughs> you said I'll be there tomorrow. She said, Good. What time? <laughs>
1: yeah, kinda. <laughs> <laughs> All
0: right. So let's talk about the new record, Heatwave. Tell us where the title for the new album came from.
1: Well, it came from uh, the song Heatwave on the album. <laughs> yeah.
0: Okay, fair enough. Uh,
1: which the song is inspired by uh, inspired by one of the hottest day last summer, actually. We were in Munich. It was the first time we were going to open for Rose Tattoo. Mm-hmm. And it was like almost 40, 40 degrees Celsius. I don't know what that would be in Fahrenheit, but it's it was freaking hot. And... That was like a week I mean, it was not just the hottest day in Europe. I mean, it was also the first time we got to meet Rose Tattoo and open for them. So it was a super cool day, and that inspired that song basically. And it fit the album, I think. As far as we know, there's there hasn't been any rock albums with that title, so. We just thought it was perfect.
0: So Heat Wave is actually about a heat wave.
1: (laughs) Exactly. And I mean, in that song, we are the heat wave, basically. (laughs)
0: Cool. All right. Is this the first time you guys worked with producer Soren Anderson?
1: Yes, it is. Uh, I mean, we did start uh, working with him uh, last year, uh, writing songs. We wrote six songs with him, and we just really hit it off. And we just felt like after we had... Created these songs. I mean, uh, "Driving in Style" being one of them. We just felt like he has to produce our album, and we we talked to the label and we talked to the management, and it, I mean, it happened, and it's it was amazing. He really gets like he he gets the best out of us all, you know. Like he's just an amazing producer and great songwriter and just an awesome human being. So I'm so happy that he wanted to produce our album.
0: Yeah, it seems like he may be a producer that likes to be more involved with the shaping of songs, because I think producers come from different angles. Some of them are more musician-oriented, some of them are more sound-oriented, but Soren seems like he's more embedded in the actual crafting of a song as a songwriter. Is that the case?
1: Yeah, definitely. I mean, I only have the other, like, the, the self-titled album to compare with, but the producer on that album, he kind of just, also a great producer, Plek Johansson, but he was he worked completely different. Like, we already had our vision, we had all the songs ready when we went into the studio, and, you know, it wasn't like... He didn't have, I mean, the imp- it was like we already had a vision and he kind of went along with it and produced, you know, right. he did his part. But son has been like crucial to this album. Like he, I mean, six songs, six great songs that we wrote with him. And then he just became like a fifth member, which I think is the job of a producer. Like you should put your heart into it. And he really did. And it shows on the album. Like it sounds so good.
0: Yeah. I agree. I read this is the first record where all the members contributed to the writing for the record. How does the writing process work for Thunder Mother? Does it start with a riff, a melody, a lyric, a beat, or any or all of the above?
1: I would say all of the above. Uh, We've had several songwriting uh, sessions uh, all throughout 2019. And and uh, like, for example, Heat Wave, I came up with like when we were uh when we got off the airplane and uh, in Munich, I remember like, oh, Heat Wave. And then I wrote it down and I wrote down like a sentence or whatever. And then that's how we like we had and then we created that song together as a unit. But that's that's kind of how we've done it. Like Philippa had like a great riff, like she had the music for sleep and then we together wrote the lyrics that would fit perfectly that music so every song has been um, created differently yeah
0: yeah now do you primarily contribute melody and lyrics since you're the one that's singing it
1: uh yes for sure i'm not i mean i no it would be a lie to say that i'm sitting like coming up with riffs when i don't even play the guitar (laughs) yeah no, I do uh, melodies for sure, but I I think my my strong uh, strongest my best thing is like lyrics. Like I I think also because I I I've lived in the states, I have my vocabulary is, you know, slightly bigger maybe than the rest of the gang being that I've actually lived in a English speaking country. Right. That I I feel most comfortable writing lyrics and then I just love the process of creating together. I just, I don't know. I think I'm just one of those people that really, really enjoy group group activities. No, but a group, uh, you know, collective work. Sure. It's it's just so much more fun.
0: Yeah, and I mean, if you're the one singing it, you gotta kind of feel what you're singing. I would
1: assume. Yes, for sure. But what's really cool with the girls is that they're, everyone is very musical. And now that we've been together, played so much together, everyone kind of knows everyone's style. So like the girls are actually able to come up with melody ideas that are kind of similar to what I would come up with. You know what right. I mean? Because they know me by now. So it's, it's, it's a very interesting dynamic, but it's, I think it's lovely like how we, we've become such a strong unit. It's
0: great. Uh, I read in the press where both Emily and Felipe uh, noted that they had songs on the new album that they favored, but I didn't read anything about you. What about you? Any song in particular that you favor on this new record?
1: I love all of them, but right now, I would say Somebody Love Me. Yeah. Because I think it's, uh, it was kind of like, I was very hesitant to doing that. I mean, when we started, I remember writing it, it, we wrote it with Soren and he just had the word, like, Somebody Love Me, and he just explained the idea, what he had thought about it. Like, it sounds so cheesy, but, like, I am, uh, like, a strong, tough person, uh, girl but i mean obviously who doesn't want to be loved and you know seen and it was kind of nice to i think that that song is like you have the tough side but you have the vulnerability of like showing that i mean even though i am the front person and i'm in the spotlight i i need to feel loved and be loved just like anyone else and i think that's kind of nice and it's super scary and uncomfortable for me to actually admit that, but it, it, it also makes that song really special for me. And so I, I would say that that's one of my favorites right now. And then I, I really enjoy sleep too. Uh, I think we really uh, managed to create a really beautiful ballad, uh, really, really heartfelt, honest ballad with sleep.
0: Somebody Love Me, I like that song a lot. It's got nice, um, it has like a punk feel to the riff, but there's a nice hook in there as well, so that's that's a great tune. Thank you. Uh, So you guys tour a lot. You had big tour plans to support this new record, which are kind of in limbo right now. What are managers and booking agents telling you guys? What are you hearing out there?
1: That 2021 is going to be crazy bananas. <laughs> we always stay positive and we work very closely with our management and our booking agents. So, I mean, we just try to figure out creative ways to, you know, get the music out there and, and stay relevant. I think that if we won't be able to do the tour as planned in September, we'll for sure do like a, some sort of cool live stream we might play the whole album or something like that. But I'm in my mind, we're still going to... The tour in September is going to happen. So that's what I'm going to focus on right now. And uh, if that changes, I guess we'll have to figure something fun and exciting. But uh, we also think, like, yes, we won't be able to tour it as much as planned, the album. But that also gives people the time to really listen to it. And once we do get to tour it and play it live... Then people will know the songs better and it will, you know, create just a better, more fun and exciting show, I think. Yeah. It'll be next level, you know?
0: Awesome. Gernika, is there anything I didn't ask you about or anything you would like our listeners to know before I let you go?
1: Well, no, I think you 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 asked great questions and uh, this was a lovely conversation and Can't wait to hear the podcast. Uh, Say to the listeners that I really, really hope that you guys will love this album as much as we loved creating it and love the songs on it. We are super proud over what we've accomplished with this album and, and I hope that you'll enjoy it as much as we do.
0: Yeah, I've had a chance to spend a few days with the record. I need much more time to spend with any record, but in the few days that I've spent with record, it's a very solid rock record. I've enjoyed it so far, but over the next uh, few weeks, I'm going to start piecing out the songs that I enjoy more than the others and uh, like anything else. So uh, good job on the records. Give all my best to the rest of the girls in the band. Will do. And uh, I appreciate your time.
1: Thank you. Thank you for having me.
0: Absolutely. We'll see you. Bye. Bye.
2: Get ready to shuffle, rattle, and roll.